The Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. When, he, when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, O Christ. Please be seated. Do we have any kids that would like to come up for children's time? Grace and peace to you from our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. A couple of weeks ago, my mom mailed me two memory boxes full of things from my childhood. Uh, my wife, Jenny, asked, is your mom Swedish death cleaning or what, what's going on? No, uh, my mom's never heard about that. Uh, but uh, this is my mom, so she keeps everything. She sent me baby shoes and uh, a little handprint from when I was a kid and every elementary school class photo and report card. There are um, bulletins from my ordination, from my wedding, from uh, everything and everything that she kept over the years. And um, one of the things that was included in this box was stuff from my own confirmation in 1988, 35 years ago. An envelope full of items, uh, Polaroids from the day of, of course there are Polaroids, uh, the typewritten bulletin from my confirmation. The paper's still holding up after all these years. Um, parts of the newsletters. These were way harder to make back in the day. Um, cards from the Women's Guild, from elders of the church, from my Sunday school teachers. Um, and the, my favorite little part, um, and I think we might have a slide uh, of some of those items so you can just see them a little better. The real treasure from this was the little talk that I had to give at my own confirmation when I was 14. So at the church I grew up in, in Maryland, it was the expectation that all the kids would stand up like you're going to do and you're going to say your name and your Bible verse. I had to give a little talk about why I was ready to be confirmed and it was terrifying. And I remember still vividly um, sitting down with my mom and her helping me to write something, anything, to say about faith, um, and how nervous I was to get up and um, speak. So at that service, all the confirmands were expected to come up and talk, and I was so nervous, I started talking before I even reached the microphone. I started to prepare for, you know, then, then it started kicking in when I got to the mic. Um, and the irony now is here I am up front all the time. But um, I wanted to just share what I wrote uh, on that day And this is my 14-year-old self. You guys are way more sophisticated than I am. But um, it's preparation for Holy Communion. At this church, uh, like a lot of churches at the time, Confirmation and First Communion happened at the same time. So you had to be confirmed to take your First Communion. So this says preparation for Holy Communion. And and preparation is spelled incorrectly, by the way. (laughs) Um, To prepare for Holy Communion, we were asked to ask ourselves three very important questions. Am I sorry for my sins? Do I believe God through Christ will forgive me? 
Do I seek God's help in changing my sinful life? My answer to all of these questions is, of course, yes. But even more important is how I got to my decision. 14-year-olds. All right. So, so far, this, this is pretty wobbly theology, right? <laughs> Communion and confirmation are all about grace. We do confirmation not to earn something, not to earn this moment, uh, or back then to be able to earn the right to come to the table, but we do confirmation to learn about what this grace means for us, to learn about and encounter this God who creates, redeems, and sustains us, how to be in relationship with this God through prayer and worship in community. The point of it is not about our doing or our decision, but God's decision to love and forgive and to be our God always. So I go on. I had to prepare myself spiritually and intellectually for this day because this is no ordinary day. (laughs) This is my day of conformation, misspelled again. The day when I reaffirmed the vows my parents and godparents took for me during my baptism. This is a day which marks 14 years of my Christian life and wherein I become a member of the Lutheran Church. After noticing this day's importance, noticing this day's importance, it seems impossible to prepare, but I will with God's help and patience. And now after our retreat at Raven Rock, which is the Lutheran camp in Maryland, I feel I am fully prepared to be confirmed. That's it. I give it a solid C. But <laughs> what I say here didn't, didn't matter. What, what really mattered was um, the love and encouragement and support I felt at that church uh, through my whole life long, even after I grew up and moved away and became a pastor. And in a testament to that, I was actually the um, pallbearer at the funeral of one of my confirmation pastors, Pastor Art Share. His wife asked me to go. So all these years later, um, that connection and that love uh, remained. Today, our confirmands are claiming their parents' baptismal promises. I did get that part right. And they are affirming their faith, and they're making it their own. However, today is a celebration that their whole lives have been lived in God. That's what this memory box reminded me of. That from my first days until now, my life has been lived in God. When I went to church, and when I didn't go to church, when I believed, and when I didn't believe, when I tried everything I could do as a kid to get out of accolading, and then in the irony of becoming a pastor, my whole life, this whole box was in God. Today is Trinity Sunday on the church's calendar, and it's an odd Sunday. It's more about a doctrine than an event or a story. But on this day, the church affirms that we believe in God, and God is three persons in one, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, one in three, three in one. It's the Christian way of describing the nature of God that we see reflected in the scriptures. And it's limited and imperfect, just like all of our understandings of God, and it would be a danger in a sermon to try to explain it. But if we think about what God is like, We see in the Trinity that God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, is relationship. God is community and intersection and interaction. God is life and energy, movement and love. And as it says in a song we're going to sing a little later in the service, the Trinity is a dance. There is room for all of us in this life of God. It's what the Holy Spirit invites us into. It's 
where Jesus welcomes us through his death and resurrection from the moment we are born until the moment we die and beyond. We live our lives in God. From baby shoes to obituaries, we live our lives in God. Our gospel, when Jesus tells the disciples to go and baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, he's telling them to go and invite people into this divine life. The theologian Jürgen Moltmann, which is a a great name for a theologian, Jürgen Moltmann, has this wonderful phrase for this. He calls it the habitable God, the habitable God. And he writes that this Trinitarian community is so wide and so open that the church and the whole world can live within it. Whether we know it or not, whether uh, we not only believe in the triune God, but we also live in the triune God. He says that there's a mutual indwelling of we and God and God in us, so that indeed God is the one in which we live and move and have our being. Today is a day to remember that. Today is a day to give thanks for that and to celebrate the unique ways each of our confirmands express the goodness, the creativity, the hope, and the grace, and the blessing of God. For us to affirm that in them, even as we are inspired by them as they claim and confirm their faith. Today is a day for our confirmands and their families and the church to proclaim that God is good. Proclaim, as it says in the Romans, that nothing can separate us from the love of God. Not the terrible twos, not adolescence, not the challenges of parenthood or our last nerves. Nothing has, can, or ever will separate us from the life and love of God. And I like this way of thinking about God because sometimes we think about God as this single being far off that we relate to and God is just waiting up there somewhere for us to initiate contact. And the less that we do that, the worse that we feel, and the more distance we feel from God. It makes faith into a kind of yo-yo where we are closer or further from God. And then a lot of times it just feels like the string gets all tangled up and we don't know what to do or what to say. But that's not how faith works. You live your whole life in the life of God held in the heart of God. As the psalmist writes, where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and settle at the farthest limits of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me fast. This is a really Lutheran view of God because we always emphasize what God has done and what God is doing. God is always the main character in the story, not us. Our actions are never to earn God's love because we already have it, not to prove ourselves worthy because Jesus has made us that already. Our actions are only ever a response to God and what God has done. So in a day like today, I think our response is gratitude. It is to give thanks for the goodness of God who God is, what God has done, and what God has given us. And this is the refrain in the story of creation. At the end of most of those days, it says that God looked on what God created and saw that it was good. When the creation was complete, God saw everything that God had made, and indeed, it was very good. 
and there was evening, and there was morning the sixth day. This is a very good day for our confirmands, for our families, for our church, and for the world. As the psalmist writes, this is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. And finally, it reminds me of a call and response that a pastor friend of mine used to say a lot. He'd say to his congregation, God is good. And the people would respond all the time. And then he would say all the time, and they'd reply, God is good. So let's do that. God is good. All the time. All the time. God is good. God is very good. This is a very good day. Amen.